I'm Julie. And this is A Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Oh man, below the surface is where we're going first. When we left... Homer's. I see what you did there. That's nice. That's good. Oh, Scott. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, Homer, yeah, we, we, this is part two of our discussion of Homer's The Odyssey. And when we left last time, he had just been, he being Odysseus, had just been given instructions on how to go to the underworld to talk to somebody to find out how to get home. So, very exciting. Yes. So, yeah, below the surface. <laughs> Nothing like a trip to hell and back. That's right. So, he's like, yeah, so I just go down these stairs right here. Okay. <laughs> Who knew this stuff was just sitting here? <laughs> okay. We'll just leap right in. <laughs> Let's I love, do it. I love the magic um, on this part here. And um, so, he he took the victims over the trench. I cut their throats and the dark blood flowed in to these trenches that he made. And out of Erebus, they came flocking to me. Now the ghosts of the dead and gone. Um, so he's, he's done this, this magical thing that he was told to do. And now ghosts of the dead are coming to him. Um, and if they drink like the blood in this trench, they can, they can have a conversation. Yeah, isn't that interesting? The blood of the sacrifice gives new life. Exactly right. Isn't that something? Yeah, and it's one of those things where um, I'm not one of those people who likes to go, and here's the the pre-Christian elements and stuff, but if you think about Tolkien and Lewis talking about all the myths have splinters of light from the true light. Yeah, yeah. This is that kind of thinking, that kind of acknowledgement that is kind of like a preparation almost. Mm Mm-hmm. For the truth that will come later with Christ. Absolutely. And, you know? and I love that. I, I mean, I'm finding that stuff all over in here. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? it and really it's such a classic, it keeps going. Absolutely. And um, J.R.R. Tolkien, again, this, this harkens back to that. Um, you know, when we talked about Beowulf, we talked about The Hobbit. Mm. But do you remember the, the part where they enlisted the dead folks to help them fight? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, this reminded me of that, and I don't know if that's valid. I haven't read Lord of the Rings too recently, but um, I can't remember. They, they basically just went to a place to commune well, with went, the dead, right? Yeah, they went to a specific place where the dead were, and there was um, a curse on them because they hadn't fulfilled a promise, a basically a holy, sacred promise. And the only way to get out of this limbo that they're in and go on is to fulfill the promise to a descendant of the person that they had broken the promise to. And that was Aragorn. Luckily that's Aragorn. Yeah. Luckily I read it recently. You know, a, a time that I ran into this exact thing, um, Tim Powers, we read a Tim Powers declare Ooh, and, yeah. and he wrote a book called on stranger tides, which was about pirates and before the movies, I, hmm. I understand that Disney actually gave him, you know, they optioned the book after, you know, after some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies oh. had come out because they had 
if you read it, you're like, wow, this is kind of similar. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that they would have had any trouble with the lawsuit or not because it's not exact or anything. But anyway, they, they, they paid him and they, they made the movie on Stranger Tides, but it has nothing to do with the book. <laughs> so, oh, okay. But anyway, in that book, though, uh, somebody needed to talk to, to the dead and this is how they did it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't say, you know, this is from the Odyssey. It's just, you know, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the Odyssey. Yeah, you know that's where it has to have come from. Yeah. That whole idea. Neat. Yeah. And there's um, a Kit's trilogy that does the same thing. Really? Pamela Dean, who wrote this trilogy uh, that I love. And I happened to pick them all up as they came out, you know, and then I read the first one to my kids when they were old enough, all this. And so it's called the secret country trilogy, the hmm. secret country, the hidden land, the women, the dragon from the mid eighties. And basically the idea is this story that they've told each other over and over. Now that I think about this, Oh my gosh, this has got so many echoes of, of what we were talking about this, but anyway, so they've made up this fantasy of uh, you know, royalty and betrayal and magic and dragons and all this stuff. And when they get together with their cousins every summer, they, they play it, you know, they act it out and develop it. And it turns out somebody, uh, one set of kids finds a secret sword in a hedge and they're both holding it and they fall over through the hedge and they're in that country. Hmm. Cool. And their cousins are there too. Even though they live in Australia, they had a similar thing happen. And everything is just how it should be and not how it should be. There's things that are wrong. And so they go on this long adventure. It's a really great book. I recommend it to everyone, obviously, since I'm spending so much time on it. But one of the things they do is somebody has to go to the land of the dead. He has to cut his hand and let the blood drip into this one spot. And when the blood's gone... Uh, the spirit has to go away. Oh, wow. Who, you know, mm-hmm. blows away the one who came to answer his questions. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was really interesting because I didn't realize that was from the Odyssey. And <laughs> I had kind of the same flash and went, oh, this is just like that book. That's where she got it. Yeah, you that's know? cool. So I love it becomes it when a convention. Do that. Yeah, love it. Yeah. It's neat. It's neat when you discover that, you know, and it, it doesn't hurt that you don't know it. And then when you do know it, it's like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> but it has that richness because it's yeah. building on a tradition. Right, right. A cultural tradition of mm-hmm. this should evoke some of that stuff if you do know it. Yeah. And as you say, if you don't, like it doesn't hurt. It feels like history, right. It feels like they're, yeah. Well, and isn't that interesting? Because for you, I'm sure it's this way. But when I read it in that book, it made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I wasn't thinking about blood as life and blah blah blah. It's just like, oh yeah, that that's that's that seems that that's not yeah, stupid, right? Absolutely. So yeah, so so to recap, just a, a tiny bit, um, Odysseus is trying to get home, right, to Ithaca, and uh, that that's what he's trying to get from the underworld is some instructions on how to do so, and. Uh, he does that, and then he he also talks to a lot of other people, and you know Agamemnon and and uh, lots of others <laughs> that um, were some of whom were fighting right? with him at, at because, Troy. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was thinking, interesting. He Agamemnon keeps getting mentioned and coming up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and here he talks to him, and Agamemnon's like, "I sure hope you don't have the homecoming I did." <laughs> <laughs> and he, so he's the direct contrast to what's happening where Penelope, Odysseus's wife, is is holding out. She's not going to give in. She believes her husband will come back. And she's holding on to everything. 
And Agamemnon's wife was doing the opposite. She was playing around and went, oh, my gosh, he's home. What can we do? Let's get rid of him. Mm. And does. That's right. why he's in the underworld. Yeah, that's a that's the opposite. That's a double. The doubles, uh-huh. the doubles that you always talk about. That's awesome. Well, that's it. Yep. It's so cleverly written. It know? is, yeah. It's the same thing of the Cyclops. And later on, we'll see the very bad hospitality of the suitors. Um, they're abusing hospitality that they should be uh, participating in and then treating the old beggar Odysseus horribly. So we have these moments of contrast so we can see here's how you don't act. Mm-hmm. And then the other moments of here's what's expected and here's why. And so it's the same thing with Agamemnon and um, Odysseus. Right. We're, we're there's in case everybody forgot, here we are, you know, <laughs> I was like so clever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And it is, it is really clever. Yeah, and then the next thing that they need to do is get past the sirens. Um, hmm. And that's, you know, so, so when they're done with the underworld, uh, I believe it's Cersei who's telling them, okay, this is what you got to do, you know, from mm-hmm. what you told. And she says, uh, first she warns you must steer clear of the sirens. They're enchanting song. They're meadow starred with flowers. Um, and Odysseus you know, so he, he has his other, uh, his sailors or whatever, the people that are with him to just tie him up onto, uh, the, the, uh, oh, what do you call it? The, the, anyway, to the boat, somewhere on the boat, <laughs> uh, at yeah. the mast block, it says lashed by ropes to the mast. That's it. And then even if I plead commanding you to set me free, then lash me faster rope on pressing rope. And, um, yeah, so the the first thing that comes to mind with sirens is always addictions, you know, things that yeah. things that you are drawn to that are not good for you. Um the sirens are always that. And um you know him yeah. and you know everybody else is supposed to hide and not ever look. Um but Odysseus is like just tie me up so I can see so I can't go to them, but it, I can at the same time see if we're going to hit any rocks or anything. And that's interesting that you say addiction. I just, I didn't think of it like that, though, mm-hmm. of course, it's like glaringly obvious. But when you say that, what it makes me think is, doesn't he say somewhere that like, then music was no good to me, no song ever sounded good after that? Yeah, yeah. So that mm-hmm. also kind of goes along with that same idea of, Nothing can satisfy that craving. Right. That, that's the Even thing about it, addictions. Even if it would kill yeah. you and it's bad for you. And yeah. yeah. That's the thing about addictions and why they're so dangerous. You know, whether it be, I mean, whatever, pornography. Right. Even, you know, it's like the, the farther you go, the more you need. Right. Right. And, and with drugs and things like that, you know, the, the amount of drugs that satisfied you, you know, last year mm-hmm. is not enough anymore. Yeah, and it's the only thing you can think of. And I hate to keep coming back to Tolkien, but I always think of, uh, actually, this is from the Peter Jackson movie of, you know, when Frodo has the ring on the chain and Bilbo sees it. And Bilbo suddenly just transforms into a monster, Mm -hmm. essentially. Right. Yeah, for an instant. Yeah, it's just like it just, the animal part of him came forward. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes back to himself and goes, oh, sorry, my boy. Keep away from me. Right, yeah. and it's because you can't control yourself, right? It's right. You know, when you're addicted to something, you do things that you wouldn't normally do to get 
get at that stuff. Right. So, but yeah. So, yeah, lash me to the mast and we'll just drive by. It'll be no problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it changes them. It does. I, that's what mm-hmm. I thought was the interesting thing. I'd never noticed that. Or, you know, when you hear about the story, you're just like, oh, he's so clever. He gets to hear it. Well, but he pays a price. He definitely does. Well, and I would say in our own lives, it's that thing then, um, again, this is all just kind of coming out as we talk, which is the great thing about, for me, this podcast is it's that reminder of sometimes there's temptations you should just stay away from. It's one thing to say I'm strong or I just want to try this or whatever. Sometimes there's things where it's just dangerous. Don't do it. Yeah, just don't do it. it. (laughs) Yeah, it will change you forever. You will be sorry. Mm-hmm. And you would have been better off to be innocent of that thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. completely. And it's different for everyone, of course. Oh, sure you it is. You have to kind of know yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you're right. Yeah. yeah. Changed impermanently. So, um, so yeah. So, with all that, um, but that, that's really the last event. And then the book changes, um, in my opinion. Now... Now we're finally, in fact, the, the, the chapter's called Ithaca at Last, right? Book 13. Well, he, has, he does have to fight past Scylla and Charybdis and make oh. a choice. Whoops, yes. Uh, well, mm-hmm. no, he's, but I think this, I can't remember who tells him. What everybody does keep telling him is you're going to have a horrible time getting home. And when you get home, it's still going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone keeps warning him of this. <laughs> He's like, uh, 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 I do like that. He's like two or three, four or five times. Everybody's like, oh, let me prophesy. (laughs) That's right. That's right. If you do this one thing, it'll be okay. And he never does or his men don't. But, um, yeah. So Scylla and Charybdis, you know, that's the famous, uh, one is like a, a whirlpool drinking everything down and the other is this monster with these horrible teeth and arms and stuff that grabs you and eats you. And so the advice is, you have to go close to the cliffs, and you're going to lose some men, mm-hmm. but you're not going to lose everyone. Right. So these are the choices of leadership, right? What do you have to do to keep going? And ha- sometimes you, people are sacrificed. That's 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 so true. Um, right. And they, and they told him, let's see, uh, you know, Poseidon, you know, you need to sacrifice 12 bulls for Poseidon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- these are the things that are in your way and this is kind of how to get through that stuff. But mm-hmm. in this, in this chapter, the, the thing that I highlighted, um, that really stuck out to me was Athena and basically Odysseus is like, you know, why, why, why haven't you helped me all the time? You know, this has been a long time. <laughs> And then she says, I never had doubts myself, no. I knew down deep that you'd return at last with all your shipmates lost. But I could not bring myself to fight my father's brother Poseidon. Quaking with anger at you, still enraged because you blinded the Cyclops, his dear son. But come, let me show you Ithaca's setting. I'll convince you, okay? But she, she's basically saying, hey, uh, I knew you'd get home eventually, so I wasn't too too concerned about it. I wasn't going to fight my father's brother to get you home, right? But mm-hmm. she's immortal. So she's like got all the time in the world, right? He's lost right. 20 years of his life. Right. Right. Oh, and his point. son, he's missed all the all the 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 little league games and and uh <laughs> all the he soccer sure has. and all of the plays and everything. He's missed everything, right? And yeah. and for a mortal person, 
that godlike timing just doesn't work out. You know, it's like, you know, I've lost, I've lost everything. I've lost all this time and uh, you have an infinite amount of it, you know. It's why he and Telemachus, they, they see each other and they just fall on each other and cry. I mean, right. when he's been transformed into who he is and yeah. they, uh, they just sob and sob. For sure. Because yeah. they, they don't even know each other. They don't, right. But they know what they missed. All. They, he's missed it all. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, it's like, uh, another, you know, the, the thing that fascinates me a lot about the Odyssey is just how this whole interaction works. But, um, but yeah. With the gods. Well, and it's, so there's that um, difference between that concept of God, which some people have. Yeah. He's the watchmaker who just set it into place mm-hmm. and just stands off and doesn't care. And of course, Christian reality, God cares intimately about each person. He's outside of time, but he knows what things mean to us. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he was one of, I mean, he knew, he knows anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just to emphasize it, I mean, yeah. that's part yeah. of the reason for the incarnation. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, right, this is not how we think God operates, right? Mm-mm. Um, but and yeah. That, yeah, that's but, made you know, abundantly we, we often, clear. We often talk about God's patience, right? We're, we're the ones <laughs> yeah. that are impatient. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he, he's like, you know, we may pray for something or, you know, it could be years before suddenly you're like, oh, I, I understand. I understand now how that should have worked out or did work out, you know. Um, but, you know, God is patient and we're not. Well, yeah. And it's funny, too, because it makes me think yesterday's readings were um, the the landowner who goes to the market and hire some men in the morning to go work for him. And then he goes back at noon and hires some more men to work for him. And then he goes back mm-hmm. like five o'clock or something and says, why aren't you guys working? And I'm like, no one hired us. And he goes, well, I'll hire you. Come on. And then he pays everybody at what, like six o'clock. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, he pays the last guys first and they get a full day's wages. And the first guys are like, oh yeah, this is going to be sweet. Look what he paid them. And he pays them the exact same amount. And they're like, what? <laughs> He's like, what difference does it make to you? You hired on for this amount. These people mm-hmm. didn't have that chance earlier. I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's essentially what's going on. Yeah. And that's the story of we don't understand how things work in the big picture. Mm-hmm. God does. And for each set of people he hires, it's it's very important. Um, I guess maybe I'm stating this poorly, the connection to me. No, well, there's there's a good connection there. It's, it's, it's uh, you know... God is seeing things differently. You know, we're we're yes. we're like um trying to figure out what fair is, you know. But God, yeah. you know, he's he says that all the time. You know, things that are similar like, you know, we're going to go after the one sheep. You know. Yeah. You 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 sheep that are are doing all the right things, I'm going to leave you and I got to go after that one. And then, you know, but mm-hmm. you're, you know, and then you have the prodigal son, right? The same thing. It's Yeah. It's like here I've been doing all the things and my brother went and blew all his money and everything and he came back and you seem to be really thrilled that he came back, you know, but I'm the one doing all the things, you know, so it's like this fairness thing. Um, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It, it's a very similar thing. It's the, it's the, the patience of it. And it's my ways are not way, 
your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. We can't have that big picture. But see, he's still intimately interacting with all these different people because he knows where everybody is, what everybody needs at that time. Mm. Um, and that's just so different from, you know, Athena is there smoothing things out, disguising Odysseus, doing all this stuff. And, and it's, you know, it's very adventurous and fun and everything, but she's just like a character in a play. She's not truly godlike when she's like, I was kind of worried about my uncle, so mm -hmm. I just thought I'd back off and let you put up with this stuff for a while. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but you were going to get home you know? eventually. Yeah, so. there's no care for the men mm -hmm. that were with him and their yeah. families and all that kind of thing. And, right. of course, Odysseus is the hero, but it's just a real different view. And I think that's a lot of people think that's how God is, and he isn't. He just isn't. Yeah. All right. So, now he gets to she, – she tells him, basically, you, you need to disguise yourself. Um, so, Odysseus does. Well, she, she changes him, right? Right, right. Yeah. She makes him look old. Mm hmm Yeah. And – Makes his clothes into rags, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She makes him look not, you know, just as, as much unlike Carl Urban as possible is how he looks now. <laughs> well, the, yeah. That's, <laughs> Carl Urban's a great actor, but he could never metamorphose into this. I that's mean, that's right. just impossible. That's right. He's just too good looking. Heck yeah. Uh, too charismatic. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so, so yeah. So, he he meets, um, let's see, when he gets to Ithaca, he, the first one he meets is a swineherd. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, so he, he looks like a beggar. And we talked about this last time, how, um, you know, the different classes. You know, if you're a king and you show up in a, another country, you're going to go to the king's house. Right, oh, yeah. whatever that is, and he's going to be expected to put you up, right? Um, and if you're a beggar, you know who are you going to go see? Well, a swineherd would do just fine because they're they're on the equal uh, social plane or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So he takes him in, right, with his pigs. And that's one of the things I liked is even on this super low level the hospitality offered is the most that could be offered. So right. he's, mm -hmm. um, he piles up a nice seat for him, puts his own bedding on top of it. So it's nice and soft. And Odysseus is delighted to be received like this. Yes. He knows he, but he judges it based on what this guy has to offer. Mm -hmm. And then he's, you know, killing a pig for him. And it talks about how he's mixing honeyed wine and he's coating the meat with b white barley groats and he's eat up. This is all we have. And then he starts talking about the suitors. And there, so the contrast is there is they're going in and eating out of house and home and badgering the um, mistress Penelope and putting down the prince Telemachus. Mm -hmm. He's like, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. And so even right there, you see a swineherd's home is better than what these suitors are doing to Odysseus's home. Yeah, yeah. And there's that that famous line in the underworld. What was that? Something about, you know, I wouldn't want to rule here. In the underworld, it says, by God, I'd rather slave on earth for another man, some dirt poor tenant farmer who scrapes to keep alive, than rule down here over all the breathless dead. Mm. You know, um, th that's oh, connected. Right. Yeah, that's connected th to this in my head because, you know, like you said, this is a better place to be than the palace. Um, the other thing 
I heard this either because I think I got that. I picked up a class on this, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's the same one. It's from the great courses or something, Elizabeth Vandiver or something. Anyway, um, it was either her or the Close Reads podcast, but ba- I think it was her. She was saying that um, the person who says that mm-hmm. is one who in the Iliad's like, that's it. I'd rather die for glory and be in hell. And do what I'm supposed to do. Because oh. then, then he gets to hell and, or you know, the underworld, and he's like, oh, "This is terrible." <laughs> and she goes, "You don't know if it's serving just the needs of the story, but the fact that they have the same person say it, whichever person it was, uh-huh. is kind of like, uh, well, you know, all these things sound great until they happen to you. Right. And once they right. happen, you're like, oh no, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, I think that was Achilles. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was thinking Apollo and I went, no, that's mm-hmm. a god. But yes, Achilles. Right. Yeah. How so, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I just thought, oh, how ironic. And now you're bringing it up again. Here's yet another connection to that same uh-huh. thing. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I like what you said about, you know, this beggar's house is is better right now than, than what's going on up the hill. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, you know, so it's 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 chaos kind of up the there. Same thing. I would rather be down here than up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, let's see. And then we've got Telemachus. Did, Go ahead. No, I was going to say I did want to mention. Um, I didn't finish all the close reads podcasts on the Odyssey because uh, uh, I went ahead and got that class. But one of the things that one of the guys said, which I thought was so funny, is he's like, you know, the first part of the book. It's like this big action adventure book. Mm-hmm. But the second part of the book, this part, once he gets to Ithaca, he thinks of it kind of like a Western, like Rio Bravo. Mm. He says, mm. you know, the big the big thing happens that gets them in the spot they're in. And then you meet all the characters and you hear all the backstory and you see all the little testing moments of everybody. Yes. And he goes, and, and there's a lot of talking and there's, um, and then, you know, because they're getting ready for the big showdown at the end. Mm. And he goes, this part makes him think of that. And the more I think of it, it's it works in terms of helping translate the story for modern times. Mm. In terms of, yeah. we know what that Western feels like. We know that at least most people do. I guess people <laughs> still watch Westerns besides me. Uh-huh. And um, they, you know, they're they're gathering together. They're getting ready to go forward. And and I guess you could use this for a lot of other movie types, but it, it just kind of worked is, you know, they're all getting ready for the big showdown. Yeah. Gathering yeah. in this, like the Magnificent Seven in that way. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Preparing stuff. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So when you said Telemachus is coming, I'm like, oh, here's ally number two. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a neat way to look at that. Yeah. And um, when he first sees Telemachus, um, he can't reveal himself right right so yeah so that's that's a that's a tough deal (laughs) but it's also interesting because as the beggar he gets to see what everybody's real personalities are like the swineherd is um loyal he he's wishes odysseus was there telemachus of course is very loyal he meets later the cowherd is it Mm -hmm. that is uh awful no the cowherd is good the goat herd, maybe. Hmm. There's one servant who's just awful and talks him down and is on the um, suitor's side. But the cow herd he meets later is like, oh, if only my master were here. So he knows who his allies are that yeah. way and who's still loyal like they should be. Yeah, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, have, 
I'm just curious if they've made this into a movie or not. Actually, I'm sure pieces of it, but um, this seems like uh, it would be a really good Western or a movie, right? You know, it's, it's the same thing, you know, have someone Especially disguised like this. later and, during yeah. the fight, I which is mm-hmm. skipping ahead, but I did not, I remember the part with, you know, stringing the bow and shooting the arrow through the axes, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember this extended fight. And I was like, that's, I was kind of imagining it in movie terms, really, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, he's standing there and it's Telemachus is like, I got your back. It's okay. We're fine. <laughs> and then um, the goat herd or whoever it is goes, I, 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 I'll get the weapons for you. Cause they've locked them away and there's a back door that's open. Mm-hmm. And they all start to put their armor on, and Telemachus is like, "Oh, this on me, man!" And Odysseus <laughs> is like, "We need help!" And so they get the cowherd and the goat herd, and it's like four of us against a hundred and something people. We could do it, <laughs> and it's it's showing all, and then it's telling the whole battle, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. This guy was going for Odysseus, but Telemachus got him in the nick of time, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Wow. It, this is great. Yeah, love it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, another Athena moment. Um, so, mm-hmm. so Odysseus and, uh, Telemachus and the swine herd are in their lodge, right? And, um, Odysseus leaves and, um, Athena changes him so that Telemachus will recognize him, right? Mm. Um, so it says, you know, she stroked him with her golden wand. Uh, first she made the cloak and shirt on his body fresh and clean, then made him taller, supple, young. His ruddy tan came back, and the cut of his jawline firmed, and the dark beard clustered black around his chin. And then, her work complete, uh, Odysseus returns to the lodge, and his son gazed at him and said, uh, Wow, you must be a god, because I've never seen that happen to a human. <laughs> and then he says, No, I'm not a god. I'm your father, right? And Telemachus is like, no, you're not my father. (laughs) 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 Which is a real crack up because, you know, it's like (laughs) the lying occurs, you know, when when Odysseus is being clever and things, everybody believes him, you know. And then he comes out here and says, here, this is the truth. And Telemachus is like, no way. (laughs) That (laughs) is, I didn't think of that. but, But the reason is, is because he just saw something godlike happen to him. So he's like, you're not Odysseus because my father's not a god. You're you something's happening mm-hmm. here that's and then um I I love that you know Odysseus says uh Telemachus Odysseus man of exploits urged his son. <laughs> I love there's so many things that they call Odysseus man of exploits. Um, yes. Oh, I would like to be called man of exploits myself. Um <laughs> it's wrong to marvel carried away in wonder to see your father here before your eyes. No other Odysseus will ever return to you. That man and I are one, the man you see. And then he convinces him. <laughs> it's like, you can wait That's as long so as you funny. want. No other Odysseus is coming, buddy. Yes. I love that. It's just too good. I love that. Yeah, yeah. This, this is it right here, right now. He's like, oh, well, I'm the all one. right. That I'm checks the one. out. Yep. So. I heard he was a braggart and, uh, you know, gave his resume all the time. That's fine. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, too, when you said uh, he lies all the time, and I'm like, this part of the book, you, you see how readily his imagination just flows and how mm. well he can tell a story. Yeah. Because um, part of hospitality is 
the host tells who he is. The guest tells who he is. They tell each other yeah. their story. So every time you meet someone new, he's continually having to give some part of his backstory as a, oh, and how do you do too? And let me tell you my story. Even when the swineherd brought him in, he said, uh, come on in and please sit down and tell me where you're from and all the pains you've weathered. Right. Right. Yeah. Just like And that's said. part of the, how do you do? Come on in. And so um, the thing that I thought was so great is I thought, you know, I'm inclined. Everybody talks about we can't tell if Odysseus is telling the truth about the story he tells in the king's palace, mm. you know, the all the things he went through. And I'm like, well, we don't have a reason to think it's not true. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this part of the book and you're like, oh, wait, I see why people were saying that <laughs> because he is just spinning these amazing plausible stories right and left to the swineherd to Penelope when he's the old beggar, to the suitors, to everybody, you know? And I'm just like, oh, and he does it. And even to his own father, and that's the only one who he can't hold it with. Because I was like, why are you doing this to him? You're here specifically (laughs) to tell him you're you. (laughs) I think it's just habit at that point. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, shoot. You know? That's funny. It is so funny. Um, I was like, okay, I now understand why they were saying that. I still want to believe all that stuff, so I will. For sure. Sounds um, good. You know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So after after they hug and cry and all this stuff, um, he says, just like you said, surely, my son, I'll tell you the whole story now. (laughs) So sit down for a few hours. I have some stuff to tell you. Yeah, um, four or five hours ought to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then and they then come up quick, with a plan. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's also, I like, it's a quick recap, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm really apologizing for the Indian movie thing again, but <laughs> Indian movies, you get down to the last, like, what, fourth of the movie, you know? You've seen enough of them now. And they stop and, and they say something important, and suddenly someone goes, I just figured this out. And they show flashback after flashback after flashback <laughs> just like homer's doing here going okay everybody up to speed uh-huh. here's what we've got That's here's right. what he went through okay onward <laughs> you know and i was now, like it's just like that yeah. yeah it's that old storytelling uh technique i think yes. that i love mm-hmm. to see and i guess the reason i keep bringing it up is i love to see these things that are still connected with a culture today uh-huh yeah that it is a modern culture, but still holds on to some of these old uh, cultural things. Yeah, you know? very good. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, yeah, but this is this is like where Western culture came from, right? Well, yeah, and I just think a lot of these things we talked about how ancient this all is, and and when I keep connecting it to Indian culture, which for me is so familiar and yet so foreign because of all these movies, that's what drew us in. It was we could understand everything but it was just so fascinatingly different at the same yeah, time that's cool and and it's a real people it's not we don't have to go how would they have thought 2800 bc or whatever mm-hmm. it's right here right now yeah and so it's such an interesting insight and then this is the same thing and when i see that i just go this is a part of that culture they held on to they still stop and go we're t- we're telling a three-hour movie people this is like a three-day festival in greece we're giving it the time it deserves. We're telling all these details, whether you want to hear them or not. And now we're going to stop and do a quick recap. So we all get the emotional importance of the moment. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. You know, For and that's sure. like later yeah. on, um, at one point, Odysseus uh, has a fire lit and he purifies the hall by doing fumes, incense, essentially. Uh, the smoke purifies it. 
Yeah. And so in one sense, that's very mo- that's held on to in modern times when people go, I burned some sage to purify the house. They don't really have a basis of cultural belief for that. That's just a new age thing that they picked up on. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. And in that sense, that ties into that. But also think how many movies that we've seen where somebody is doing that blessing like Ram Leela. Mm. She's uh, the he's uh, Ram is arguing with uh, Leela's mother, and she's busy doing her little holy celebration, and she's lighting the incense and pushing it on him with a hand, and he's taking d- putting his hands in the smoke and putting them over his head three times while they're arguing, but they're still doing that cultural um, exchange of this is purifying things with these uh, this smoke. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing we're seeing here. So this is a cultural thing that's still held on to in that culture that was used all that time ago. Right. Yeah. So father and son, they make a, they make a plan and they, you know, uh, Telemachus tells him, Hey, this is our situation. <laughs> and, uh, he says, yeah, I think we can do that. <laughs> Odysseus. I, I love that stuff. You know, he's like, you know, there's, there's like a hundred guys and he's, Odysseus is like, I think we can, we'll be fine. Like we, we, can handle, we can handle that. Okay. Any, mm-hmm. any other, any problems? Because that's not a problem. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. So Odysseus, um, is disguised, you know, so Telemachus knows who he is, but he's disguised and, and off they go to the palace, right? Where they where meet Penelope. Meet Argo. And Argo the dog. Yes. Oh, <laughs> how perfect is that? <laughs> Even Odysseus had to wipe away a manly tear. <laughs> oh, shoot. Argo. That's the saddest thing in the whole world. Oh, that is so cool. Yes, I even highlighted it. Now, as they talked on, a dog that lay there lifted up his muzzle, pricked his ears. It was Argos, long endured. Long enduring Odysseus's dog. Yeah. Poor old Argos. <laughs> and this is how everything Odysseus has has been treated, like poor Argos on the dung heap. Oh, I know. Yeah. Dying. Right. He gets the satisfaction of my master's home. Everything will be okay. I can die. <laughs> wow. It's very sad. It is very, very sad. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And right around this time is when um, Odysseus has a, he has a fight. Um, and, and I loved, loved it. He, he ends up, I'm trying to remember who he was actually fighting. Um, there was some taunts and things. Let's see. And just as he passed Odysseus, the the idiot lurched out with a heel and kicked his hip, but he couldn't knock the beggar off the path. (laughs) So I imagine that, you know, Odysseus is standing there. He looks like a beggar and somebody comes out and, and kicks him with a heel but uh, Odysseus doesn't even move, is what it looks like to me. Yeah. It's <laughs> a rock. Good luck. <laughs> and then it says, this is, I love this. Odysseus was torn. Should he wheel with his staff and beat the scoundrel senseless? Or hoist <laughs> him by the midriff, split his skull on the rocks? He steeled himself <laughs> instead, his mind in full control. <laughs> yeah, this is you the know, goat herd. This is the goat herd, right? That you were Okay, that's about. what I thought. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's interesting because you know he's he's got these two delicious choices. <laughs> but he he goes the third path. Yes. He curbs his wild desires, he right? Does, and that's yeah. the thing they said if you can curb your wild desires on the island of Helios and your soul and your sailors can too, don't eat the cattle, you'll make it home. 
everybody will be home okay. And of course, the way he tells the story, he, of course, was off praying and fasting like you should when you're stuck for an, a month and you've run out of all your food and there's that cattle, mm-hmm. the cattle. But he left his sailors and they, of course, didn't refrain and they all die. But um, he now is curbing his desire. Right, right. In order to achieve his big goal. Mm-hmm. This goal matters more than, you know, whatever else was going on at the time. Yeah. So at Helios. Right. On, yeah. He is, he's really Helios controlling is. himself. So he, mm-hmm. he prays, which is interesting too. Oh, mm-hmm. nymphs of the fountain, daughters of Zeus, if Odysseus ever burned you, the long thighs of lambs or kids, <laughs> now uh, bring my prayer to pass. Right. And then yes. uh, the goat herd just shouts at him, listen to him, I'll bark and no bite from the vicious mutt. One fine day, I'll ship him out in a black lugger, whatever that is, miles from Ithaca. Sell him off for a good stiff price. Just let Apollo shoot Telemachus down with his silver bow today in the halls, or the suitors snuff his life out. Yeah, the king is worlds away, he says, and then he walks away. And Odysseus lets him. Mm -hmm. He's controlled himself. You know, and um, that's fun, too, because even in... uh, Remember uh, Gilgamesh? You know there was mm. the the uh, the wild one and the the oh. uh, civilized one, and um, you know the civilized one. The, the only thing is you you uh, controlling your wild desires, right? Is to be right. part of society, um, right. but yet that wasn't enough for him for Gilgamesh. So he had to go out and find um, was it Inkadu? I think Inkadu yeah. is his. His wild counterpart. Yeah. So. Well, um, but, well, he was, well, he was, this is a whole different conversation, which <laughs> we should probably read the book and have, but he was created mm-hmm. by the gods because the people were so upset over how badly Gilgamesh was acting mm-hmm. that they said, please help us. So the gods created him Yeah. to do that. Right. And so he has to become civilized because he's totally wild like the animals. Yeah, and then sure. once he's civilized, he goes and um, shows that he's Gilgamesh's match. Mm-hmm. And Gilgamesh starts to learn how to be better based on their friendship and everything, yeah. I think. Yeah, very good. It's off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Which is also kind of scary that <laughs> I have any top of my head for the Epic of Gilgamesh. But you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something I just thought of when you were talking about um, the goat herds, like I'll just take him and sail away with him and get a good price for him. You mm-hmm. know, so sell him as a slave. And I'm like, first of all, this old beggar doesn't sound like anybody paid for him. Second of all, it suddenly made me realize that the uh, Swineherd tells his story as part of the back and forth, and he was royal, mm. and the nurse sold him right. as a slave, yeah. and she runs away. She takes him to be sold, and he winds up, he's like, thank goodness I wound up at a great place like this where I was treated well <laughs> and could earn this lovely living, you know, yeah. and so he doesn't seem to, you know, be... He never went to try and find his royal family again or anything. But so he's a, a royal person who's been cast down into a lowly estate. And, of course, so is Odysseus at this point. Mm. So they are equals in that way. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Dispossessed yeah. kings, both of them. Exactly. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, yeah that, that does make him more equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for the hospitality reasons. Love it. That's cool. It's my main thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evidently, in this book, it's what I'm here to notice. I love it. <laughs> I love You're it. here for all the other stuff. 
Oh, shoot. At, at the end of this chapter, there's a little uh, bard stuff that I liked. Um, so, you know, again, this is being told out loud by a bard, right? And it says, mm-hmm. you know how you can stare at a bard in wonder, <laughs> trained by the gods to sing and hold men spellbound. How, lo- how you can long to sit there listening all your life when the man begins to sing. So he charmed, so he charmed my heart. I tell you, huddling there beside me at the fire. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yep. I also marked that. I thought, oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. Him going. For one thing, I thought, you know, that's exactly what stories do to us. Mm. If it's a really great story, you are lost in that world. You forget everything. Yeah. And of course, then who does that for us? The amazing bard. <laughs> The awesome, amazing bard, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all love and are listening yeah. to right now. Maybe that was the second intermission. For the <laughs> Maybe second it was. Day. Everybody go think about that. The yeah. big showdown's coming up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I just thought that that would be a fun line to say mm-hmm. if you were a bard. Yes. Yep. So, um, yeah, the next thing that I highlighted, and this is, again, it just made me laugh out loud is um so Odysseus is getting ready to to do some fighting you know they're they're uh um kind of looking him over or they're they're putting on putting some stuff on uh servants trust his clothes up dragged him on the flesh on his body okay so but it's uh it says you know look at the hams on that old timer just under <laughs> his rags <laughs> So the, he's got some like Powerful massive ears. giant legs, yes. you know, he's like, Ugh. yeah, they all shouted <laughs> yeah. approval of the prince as Odysseus belted up, roping his rags around his loins, bearing his big rippling thighs, his Ooh. boxers, broad shoulders, his massive chest and burly arms on full display as Athena stood beside him, fleshing out the limbs of the great commander. Despite their swagger, the suitors were amazed, gaping at one another, trading forecasts, Iris will soon be ironed out for good. <laughs> He's in for the beating he begged for all along. Look at the hams on that old timer. I love it. They're just, they're just yeah. looking at this guy saying, holy cow, you know. Yeah. I uh, now know why Athena likes them so much. <laughs> oh, too good. I get it. Too good. Yeah, I get it. Uh, tell a story and he's got mighty hams. Right, right. Yep. Oh, so wow. So yeah, so he gets to uh he gets to fight somebody here. Kind of show off a little bit. So he's fighting a guy named Iris. I I R U S. Um and it's it's pretty well spelled out. You know, the two men squared off and Iris hurled a fist at Odysseus' right shoulder as he came through with a hook below the ear, pounding Iris's neck, smashing the bones inside. <laughs> Suddenly yeah. red blood came spurting out of his mouth. And headlong down, he pitched in the dust, howling, teeth locked in a grin. And um, right before that, too, is, a, is another line, you know, with Odysseus deeply torn. Should he knock him senseless, leave him dead where he dropped? Or should he just stretch him out on the ground with a light jab? Right? He's like, you know, th- this is so nothing to me. Um, right. You know, it, it's just like, what am I going to do here? Do I, yeah, what's my can best I knock option? him out really quickly or, or what? Well, mm-hmm. what he does is he he hits him with the hook below the ear, <laughs> smashing the bones inside. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he, it says here, and so he's doing this in front of the suitors, right? 
Um, so mm-hmm. this guy, he's got blood. He pitched in the dust, howling, teeth locked, feet beating the ground. And the princely suitors, flinging their hands in the air, died laughing. And then <laughs> grabbing this guy by the leg, Odysseus hauls him through the porch across the yard of the outer gate, heaped him up against the courtyard wall, sitting slumped, sticking his in his hand and giving him a parting shot. Now hold your post. Play the scarecrow to all the pigs and dogs. But no more lording over strangers. No more playing the beggar king for you, you loathsome fool. Or you'll bring down something worse around your neck. And he threw his beggar sack across his shoulders. And then went back to the sill and took his seat. <laughs> so he's still disguised in all this stuff. And nobody's like, wow, he's remarkable. He took out the trash. Except for he's got, you know, thunderous thighs, apparently. Well. Yeah. No wonder he could beat the guy. Good he had hands. a good, solid foundation for that <laughs> left hook or That's whatever right. it was. That's right. Yeah. Well, because then after that is it when Penelope hears about all this and calls him mm-hmm. in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, if only Odysseus came back home and stood right here in a flash, you'd find those doors uh, broad as they are, too cramped for your race to safety through the porch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... And he's like, I'm right here in front of you. Um, hey, baby. Yeah, and, and there is some ambiguity here, too, which is something that there's that, that course, and it might have been the same one, Elizabeth Vandiver, I think. Yeah, that's but she, it. But she talked about there's some ambiguity in this section where it can be read as if Penelope does understand and is being clever and playing along, or read as that she doesn't understand that he's really right there in front of her. Um, so, but she, you know, so I don't know which one you prefer. Well, and she talks about that all the way through every time Penelope says something, she's like, look, you can take it either way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was always in the camp of, yes, she knows. Yeah. She's just being careful and, uh, he knows. And so it's this very clever wordplay between the two of them. Um, especially when they preferred it. That's how I read it. Yeah. I was like. To me, that felt, I don't know, that's that's how I was assuming it, um, and I liked it. <laughs> well, so, yeah, because yeah. even when, for one thing, it gives Penelope full credit for being a married lady who would have known what her husband was like, because even if he doesn't look like he used to look, there are ways that people move and speak yeah. and look, expressions, right. that just are unmistakable if you're a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, you look at each other across the room and you know what each other's thinking kind of thing. And so for me, that works. And especially when you get to the part where she's, um, she calls the old beggar in and she's like, oh, let me, let me, uh, let me just open my whole soul to you. Here are all (laughs) my problems, old beggar who I never saw before. I'm like, nobody's doing that. I mean, I get backstory, but come on. And then, uh, and hospitality and all that. But then she says, okay, I need you to interpret a dream for me. I had, there was this eagle and I were all my geese and the (laughs) eagle came down and he said he was Odysseus and he killed all the geese and they were the suitors. And what do you think? Was that real? (laughs) And he's like, if Odysseus was right here, that's exactly how it would happen. And you kind of almost see the significant look, wink, wink. Mm, I mean, I'm like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's I a, also, that's more satisfying. Oh, it, I like it that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and mm. the great thing about a good artist, right? You're free to see it that way, and either mm. way doesn't ruin the story. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I also love the whole thing of the scar from when he was attacked by a boar. Yeah. Being his, his basically his ID. <laughs> no one else could have that scar. That That's scar right. is yeah. unmistakable to his nurse, his wife, his father, um, anybody else who needs to know him because they all know about that scar. For sure. Yeah. And um, I had never thought about the problem of not having ID, but saying it's been 20 years, but it's really me. Mm. How do you do that? How do you get people enlisted that, yeah, I, I know I look different, but here's what we're doing and here's why. And it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess people have had throughout time. I mean, you know, yeah. that's you see that again in Westerns and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's only one man who does that trick with a whip. <laughs> <laughs> it's old Black Bart or whoever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's old Odysseus's trick. Absolutely. That old stringing the bow and shooting the arrow through the axes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Wow. But heck yeah, so uh so now it's pretty much Odysseus um and Penelope and Telemachus, you know, making plans. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there was even a time where uh, uh, Penelope went to these suitors and said, um, you know, you guys have been taking a lot of stuff from us. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, really, you ought to be bringing stuff to me. <laughs> yeah, if you want <laughs> you know, me to you marry you. You guys are really suit, you know, suitors. You know, you ought to bring gifts to me. And um, Odysseus actually looked at her. He said, hey, way to go, you know. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. my wife right there. Yeah. And uh and and people start bringing her all kinds of stuff. So she's like looting them by, you know, they're bringing it to her, but she's looting them knowing, you know, I like to believe again. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, knowing that she knows. She knows what's about yeah. to happen and she's like, "Okay, let's uh let's get their stuff and then you can beat them <laughs> senseless." Some payback for all the stuff they've taken. Well, and Telemachus right. is also talking to them differently. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "Hey, I'm the prince around here. Yeah. You stop that behavior. Right, right. You do this, you do that. I'm not putting up with it. And they all kind of get surprised and they kind of do it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if it's because they're suddenly asserting themselves or uh, what else is going on that makes the suitor suddenly sit up and listen. Yeah. You know, right. maybe they think because it's very close to being done, they're just going to indulge everyone. They don't really tell us what they're thinking. But yeah. Um, you know, Odysseus being there is the spark that changes the behavior, and these two people gives them the confidence mm-hmm. to be more themselves and do what they know is right, and um, the other people respond to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> after they bring her these gifts, then he's like, then they come up with the idea: okay, well, whoever can string this bow is the one that I'll marry. And of course, it's Odysseus's bow, and and nobody can do it. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. trying for days. I mean, that I can't. I don't have that highlighted, but I think it was days. And oh, then was it? It seemed like it was. It seemed like it was a long time. <laughs> I think because, that was just the description of all they the people were like, doing it. You know, keep trying and trying, and then the beggar finally said, "You know, hey, could I try that? You know, after, you know, for them to even consider that would have been a long time." And they were yeah. they were embarrassed that they couldn't do it. I mean, some of them. So, um, but anyway, of course, he does it, no problem. And then he shoots a, an arrow through a, a bunch of axes, which mm-hmm. it took me a while to figure out what that actually was. But I'm I'm guessing it's like a whole line of axes 
with holes in the tops. Yeah, they had holes in the tops. I was reading something or listening to something that mm-hmm. talked about they would have holes in the top of the axe so you could like tie it to your belt or something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And carry it with you. Yeah. So that if you lined them up, you'd line them up so the hole is straight through. So yeah, so he's not only good at stringing bows, but he's also the best shot ever. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got all the things. Was this a question? And the hams. Yeah, and he's, he's got all he's the things. Back to being Carl Urban again. <laughs> so after right after he does that, then it's like, aha! I'm Carl Urban, and you guys are all toast. <laughs> and next thing that happens, there is a huge fight, you know, that goes on and on. Yeah, and uh, those those and it suitors does. And that moment when everybody back. comes to his side, the three other people, is really one of those. I found it exciting and uplifting. I was reading mm-hmm. this thing with bated breath, which was surprising considering i knew how it was going to turn out <laughs> and um i i just as i said i didn't expect it to be so detailed but yet all these little twists and turns of oh no now they've got weapons oh no now what are they and he's like oh crap we might not make it out of this well come on son hmm. you know um anyway yeah. yeah i liked it yeah i liked it too and he was like uh i've got zero remorse or zero uh mercy for you guys you know, there oh, was yeah. one who says, you know, please don't hurt me. I, I was this the and nice that. one. Yeah. This, and he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Well, and, he says, uh, you had three years yeah, to do the right thing. That's right. And you're still here. Yeah. You're not that nice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, very good. Um, yeah, we take care like of him. And I like the touch. They're describing this hall, and I'm like, I'm sure it would have been familiar and satisfying to everybody there, the original audiences. But I was like, wow, I was not expecting to hear about dismembered bodies and blood Mm. spattering everything. And I just never thought about the gore that that situation would bring about, which was actually good because it was really, um, for me, it brought it back to reality in that sense. Mm -hmm. And um, then I love that he gets with the old nurse and he goes, so... How were the maids? Were they loyal? Were there some that were disloyal? And she goes, well, there were 12 of them. They spent all their time sleeping with the suitors, lording it over us. And he's like, super. Uh-huh. Send them in here. <laughs> They're going to clean everything up. Yeah. And so they are, you know, these are the bodies of their lovers. Right. right. And also gruesome duty. Mm-hmm. But everything gets all, all cleaned up and he's telling Telemachus, okay, so now they were awfully disloyal. Take care of them. And he strings them all up. Yeah. The point that um, that teacher in the course made where she's, because she was really good about saying to modern sensibilities, this seems very cruel. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so one of the times she did that was talking about the slaves and she goes, you know, um, nobody thought anything about being slaves. They all accepted the fact that if you, if you got the chance, you'd rather be free. But a slave also had duties, and part of a slave's duty was to be loyal to the master. Mm-hmm. So the the thing that they're really paying for is they weren't good slaves; they were disloyal. If they'd have been good slaves, everything would be okay now for them. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't disturbed. I was like, I know how these old books are. This is just how it goes down for everybody. Sure, sure, yeah. But um, you know, they were bad. But the way she described it really put a good context on it. So if people are struggling with it, that course, I only listened to the last half because that's where I was in the book and I was 
trying to make sure I was ready for this, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it did make me want to go back and listen to the, or read the Iliad and listen to her comments on that too. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I liked is for one thing, his old father, who keeps getting mentioned, it's nice to see the reunion mm. and the fact that he doesn't rely just on the scar with the father, but he says, I remember when we planted this orchard and I love that the father is tending the trees. And so it gives mm. us a whole different look of uh, life. Yeah. And uh, he says, we got this many plum trees, this many apple trees. And he's and so he carries it back to a personal memory that they had together that only they shared. And that was a sweet moment. I yeah, thought. Very I really good. loved yeah, it. For sure. And it's a good thing because mm-hmm. they were crying buckets, both of them, by the time <laughs> it was done. You bet. And, um, and then the other thing was when the relatives of the dead suitors all go, what just happened? And they all get their weapons because they're going to go take a uh odysseus down for killing their sons and i'm reading this thinking where were you when your sons were behaving so badly that earned them this behavior in the first place for sure yeah and of course that is i'm as wise as the bard that's the point that gets made in the book (laughs) it's like they're just going you guys have the nerve to be outraged over this where Mm. were you before where were you yeah yeah i just was like yeah this is their fault really Mm-hmm. You know, they never reined them in. They let them do whatever because they wanted to take advantage of that stuff as much as them. Yeah. They wanted some of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of riches. But it still takes Athena to come in and go, hey, Zeus, did, is this what you want happening? These blood feuds to mm-hmm. go down through the ages? And Zeus is like, no. <laughs> Everybody straighten up and fly right. That's come right. On. That's right. I think that's where the lyrics for that song came from. <laughs> I think very old, (laughs) very ancient. (laughs) Oh, too good. I love it. Wow. Well, what a book this is. I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, I was looking forward to it, but I found myself really swept away by parts. Like I said, Oh, that's great. It was so enjoyable. I got done. I wanted to talk to everybody in the house about it who Mm -hmm. did not care. (laughs) No one cared. (laughs) no, now I'm like, oh, that's that's super. Oh, I'm busy. There's a there's a couple of rabbit holes I think I'll go down um, mm. here. Um, remember, someone told us, and I don't remember who they told us about a book called The Eighth Arrow, Odysseus in the Underworld by oh, I've heard by of J. That. Augustine Weta OSB. I feel like I read that book. Yeah, so I've got it here. I haven't yet read it. I bought it when it was mentioned to us because I thought, oh, how cool. But I think Hold now on. would be a good time to, to read that. You know, you say that, and it sounds vaguely familiar, although I think I just saw a quote when I was looking over my blog, and um, I gave it four stars, evidently. Cool. And I wish I remembered it. Uh-huh. But. That's cool. Oh, I think it's just because it's a modern telling, and it's like, okay, it's like those mashups you'll read about Dante's Inferno. And so this is kind of working on that same idea with Odysseus in the underworld. And so now so I Odysseus believe I need to Odysseus in the underworld and Dante's underworld. I love it. <laughs> Mashup. Yeah. That's too good. That's fun. Yeah. So yeah. So it well, looks. It looks. You know, four stars from you, and um, gosh, a lot of other. There's a lot of uh, really nice ratings on here. Mm-hmm. But I'll give that a try because I have it. And then another one that I picked up um, from the library. It was uh, called Circe. This is a book that's been oh. floating around the last couple of years by Madeline Miller. And I don't okay. have any idea what to expect on that. But um, 
but I did remember it and um, I thought I'd check that out. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing it's like, you know, people write things like, is it the wide Sargasso Sea where it's telling the Jane Eyre story from the crazy Mm -hmm. uh, lady's point of view, like her whole story. Which sometimes those books are good. I would say I never liked them, except that I just see I liked the Eighth Arrow. So <laughs> I can't say I don't ever like them. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm, I just popped this up. It said it won the Good Choice, Good Readers, Good Reads Choice 2018 yeah. winner. Okay. So some people like it. <laughs> All right. So for sure, a I'll give it, a, give it a try. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. But I love it. I loved revisiting this. So, um, yeah, it's it's something. That there's also another um, uh, translation out that would be kind of fun, maybe to listen to on audio or something, and and see how it goes. Is Can, that Emily Wilson? Yeah, that's the one, Emily Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what's different about it. Yeah. Because that that was I, think I saw that floating around quite a bit uh, right after it came out. Yeah, and I think that's the case with any of them. Um, I have read, finally, enough things in translation to go, even the older translations where people will say, oh, it's kind of slower, it's kind of like this or that, but there will be things in them that I like. I mean, I think if you like a book and try different translations, you'll find the translation you like, Mm -hmm. but there's always something to be found in the other ones. Right. Yeah, and I this is the only translation of the Odyssey that I've read. So, oh, yeah, I don't recall I think I'd reading only others. Read... Although, if actually that can't be true because if I was reading it in college, which I did, that would oh. have been a different translation. Well, there's Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. but I was thinking there's somebody who did it. You know, a lot of these things there's a public domain version because they were translated in the late 1800s. Um. And so let's see what does Gutenberg have. Oh, Samuel Butler, mm. I think, did a very old translation. Alexander Pope did an old translation. So there's all kinds of people who've done old translations that may have been found. Because that's like, uh, didn't Longfellow do Dante? And for a long time, that was yeah. the only translation you could find. And so, right. um, yeah, and those are going to show you something in their poetic or uh, different eyes. They may mm. be hard to get through though. So in that yeah. case, you know, then I just say dump them. Right. <laughs> but sometimes those old ones feel nicely familiar. Right. Like I was reading crime and punishment with some mm. read along on some podcast and um, they were reading some new vibrant translation and kind of complaining about it. And I was going, huh? Oh, wait, I'm reading the old public domain translation. And somebody brought that up and said, this feels so nicely familiar mm. it's a familiar style of writing that i'm used to because it's kind of victorian oh interesting like, i guess that i shouldn't like it and i was like but what's wrong with that it's yeah. translated for these people in this time that's okay for sure for sure you know yeah 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 i imagine that the, the translations are the same as you know novels and things that are you know written in the language you read i think it was c.s lewis who talked about when you read older books you're you're reading things from a time where different things were emphasized or different mm. things were important to that society. You know, oh, and so yeah. even in America, if you read, you know, so we have 
things in this society right now in 2020 that are important to the society and are being emphasized in the art, right? Right. And we're in this bubble, and to get out of the bubble, you read old stuff, right? And see what was important to them, and you're reminded about things that aren't from right now. That's really a good point. Because they were wise back then, too. (laughs) It's not that we're wiser. You know what I mean? Yeah. We are wise about different things and stupid about different things, just like they were. Exactly. We don't like to think we're stupid, but we are. We just can't see it. Mm -hmm. And you know, that you make such a good point is even I tend to kind of be leery of modern, really modern translations of the classics because I'm never sure if I can trust they're going to leave out their emphasis on the stuff that's important right now in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I'm always seeing what was important to the people back then. And a translation, of course, can make a big difference. Yeah. And um, for instance, in the Odyssey, I was shocked several times when the word bitch was used about a serving maid. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, I, well, I guess that kind of language would have been in there. They're making a very emphatic point. But you're not going to see that in older translations. They're going to be more polite about the language. you know. So is that the dynamic, really what the Greeks would have heard? Maybe, because it would have been a modern story back then. But I hadn't thought about the fact that the older translations are going to show us things with different emphases just because they're done in that different time period too. So that's a good thing to remember. Yeah, it's gotta be. I think that the Emily Wilson translation was touted as, you know, a modern translation of, Mm -hmm. you know, so whatever that means is what is there, (laughs) I expect. Right. Right. Because this Robert Fagel's one is um, the nineties, right? I think so. Yeah. I didn't look that up, but yeah. I didn't see any disco or big hair, but, you know, shoulder pads. But they're probably lurking somewhere. They're probably there. It was in his head. Yeah. (laughs) He was listening to Donna Summers noodling away over how you translate this thing about Penelope. I love it. That's too good. (laughs) Too good. All right. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, what is next for us? Let's see. Let's see. Is it After our Odyssey. Yes. We're going to go... Um. Yeah, we're gonna see some Humphrey Bogart. The we're going tre- to Mexico. We are the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, I'm gonna get out my sunscreen and my best <laughs> spa dress because we're going to the ocean. Fantastic! It's gonna be lovely. I love it. Palm trees. Yeah, very good. No, too I guess fun. Not. Probably not. <laughs> treasure of the Sierra Madre. I don't think so. Oh no, negative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do it. That's a negatory, good buddy. <laughs> Speaking of the 70s and 80s and whatever. <laughs> oh, shoot. There's, a, there's uh-huh. a podcast that's going through all the movies that came out in 1980, 40 years oh. ago. And uh, they're releasing podcasts on the release dates of the films, right? So anyway, oh, how fun. they recently did Smokey and the Bandit part two. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, now part two yeah. was not as good as part one. I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> which I saw part one at least three times. It was well, so funny. I'm still furious that uh, the first one didn't win an Oscar. I just don't understand it. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Sally What's wrong Fields, with these people? 
Jackie Gleason is the villain. I can't believe I remember this. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the thing your brain stores up and goes, oh, I got yeah. that one right here. It's right there, yeah. The I always wonder what that's pushing out, you know, that, that I can <laughs> no. remember him saying, some bitch, you know. What is that? What is that shoving out? You know, there's oh, got to be some vital piece of information <laughs> that can never get in there because that's there. Oh, my gosh. Something important. Yeah. It's like when I went to communion and uh, or to mass l- last week, and it had been a while. Um, and of course, you know everything. I'm out of habit with everything, and I went up for communion. It was daily mass, mm. and uh, I held out my hands, and he holds up the host, this body of Christ, and mm. I'm like, I cannot remember what to say. <laughs> I have a total blank. Oh shoot! And I was like. I feel like amen is always safe. So I said, amen. And he starts to lower it. And I said, thank you. And he stops and looks at me. <laughs> and I said, I can't remember what to say. And he just smiles behind his eyes, crinkle up behind his mouth. He puts it in my hand. <laughs> oh, it was so good. embarrassing. Oh. I've been a Catholic since, you know, 2000. <laughs> I just went, I don't, I think that's what smoking the bandit pushed out. It pushed out my amen. <laughs> you should have just said, and, and, and with your spirit. Or, (laughs) you know, I I still let loose and and also with you sometimes because (laughs) that's just in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like because of the new liturgical changes. And yeah, I can't say the creed without reading it. Yeah. (laughs) I still have a whatever. There's something about the transubstantiation, whatever it is. (laughs) Whatever the old language is, Mm -hmm. that's where I am. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Well, that's okay. We've really gotten into chat time now. So, um, (laughs) all right. Oh, I did want to mention for anybody who uh, keeps up with our reading stuff, and there are people who do it, and I'm so excited every time. I see that. Um, in a month, we'll be reading Watership Down. Oh, yes. And that's a bit of a long, for another trek, another odyssey, as it were. <laughs> I get it. Yes. So, um, anyway, I wanted to mention it because it's a longer book. And cool. so, mm-hmm. if you try to read it in two weeks and you're trying to keep up, which, again, I some people do, and we appreciate it. But um, just wanted to give that warning. All right. Well, good. Fantastic. Yep. All right. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.